Hi there. Thank you for choosing to listen to this sermon. We pray that God would use this as an added resource to benefit you in conjunction with you belonging to a local church near you. This sermon was preached at Central Baptist Church Pretoria. 130 years of believers loving God, caring for one another and impacting the world. So so tonight I have the opportunity to start us off uh, in a uh, we can call it a break series. We've been going through uh, the book of 1 Samuel and and tonight we're going to be taking a break and considering the book of Proverbs. Uh, now my job is is the one that's not the most fun cuz I have to introduce the book. So so some of the stuff will be like yo 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 we are back at class this feels a little bit like a lecture. Um but I want to help set up the book well enough uh so that those who follow after me at least will have an idea of where we're going with this book. Now I also notice that we have a lot of visitors for the first time who are are here to support those who are being baptized. We hope that you have a blessed time with us here tonight. Um and uh we hope that we keep you. All right. So we are in Proverbs chapter 1. Uh you could turn there. I listened to a preacher say if you don't know where to find Proverbs, you can just try drop your Bible open and it will open somewhere in the middle. Uh you may be in Psalms. If you find yourself in Psalms, you just go forward and you find the Proverbs. If you find yourself in Hazaya or Hosea, hey, table of contents is your friend. So when we come to the book of Proverbs, we need to be very careful how we read it. We can't read the book of Proverbs the same way we read 1 Corinthians. We can't read the book of Proverbs the same way we read the book of 1 Samuel. Uh, we need to be careful in our approach because because we understand that all scripture is authoritative and inspired by God. It doesn't mean that everything in the scripture is a law or everything in the scriptures are commandments. You see the book of Proverbs falls within a category of what we call wisdom literature. And you can use that now to brag to your friends. Hey, I know something. All right? Wisdom literature is what the book of Proverbs is is called and the book of Proverbs is mostly prescriptive than than it is. Sorry, it's mostly descriptive than it is prescriptive. What does that mean? The book of Proverbs is not mostly thou shalt and thou shalt not. The book of Proverbs it's mostly I have seen and therefore you should do. So it's a book of practical wisdom. Here's some verses to help us understand what I'm trying to say. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 3 says, "The Lord does not let the righteous go hungry, but he thwarts the craving of the wicked." If you read this verse prescriptively, we may get into trouble. Have you ever seen the righteous hungry? Do you know of somebody who loves the Lord, somebody who has been intentionally intentional to devote themselves to God, to the uh, to the uh, gathering of the local church, to serving in the local church, to to reading the scriptures, to obeying all that God has commanded them, but they still find themselves poor. What do we do to those people? What do we do about those people when we read a passage like this prescriptively? Or Proverbs chapter 22 verse 6 which says train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it. 
Again, I know of mothers and fathers who are godly men and women who have been intentional in training their children in the instructions of the Lord, making sure that their children are, are faithful in quiet time, faithful in prayer, faithfully hearing the gospel, either in the music that they play or in conversations around the table, making sure they attend church, they attend Awana, they attend youth, they attend Sunday school. But when these kids go to university, they walk away from God. So what do we do with those people when we read a, a passage like this that says, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Is that a promise that we should take and hold on to? Well, what we can learn from this is the author of the Proverbs is saying, it is wise for you to train up your child in the way that he should go, that when he is old, most of the time, he will not depart from it. You see, Proverbs are short, pithy sayings which are true most of the time, but not true all of the time. They teach wisdom through short points and principles, but should not be regarded as laws or even universal promises. A proverb is a short saying that expresses a general truth for practical and godly living. And so when you ask yourself, why are we going through the book of Proverbs? It's because the book of Proverbs can help us intentionally pursue wisdom in our day to day. As young people and, and, and the rest of us in 2023, we need to be practicing wisdom in a world that is full of evil, in a world that promises good, but the good leads to so much hurt. We are constantly in need of wisdom. And so the book of Proverbs is a really good book for us to consider in this time. In fact, many of us know that December is called silly season for reasons that you know, festive, Baba. And so with festive coming up, how should we conduct ourselves? How, how do we carry ourselves in, in, in an age that is, that is calling for a, a, a debauchery, in an age that is calling for sinfulness, in an age that is calling for immorality? How can you carry ourselves in this world? So Proverbs will help us in matters of personal conduct, in matters of sexual relations, matters of business, wealth, charity, in matters of ambition and discipline, matters of debt and child-rearing, matters of character and alcohol, matters of politics and revenge, in matters of godliness. All these topics we will find in the book of Proverbs. Last phrase before we read the passage. The world says you need to live to learn. But what we want to learn from the book of Proverbs is that we need to learn from God to actually live. So Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 1 reads, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, verse 2, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, in justice, in equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles, the fear of the Lord, is the beginning of wisdom. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Let's just pray and ask God to help us this evening. Lord, we come to the preaching of your word, firstly asking that you would bless the word that we have just read. 
God, we ask that as we go through this, this portion of Scripture, that your Spirit would work in our hearts. That God, as we read it and as we discuss it, that Lord, you would open the eyes of our hearts to see and understand the ways of the Lord. And so Lord, I do ask for wisdom. I ask for wisdom as I preach that God, I would preach as one who wants to proclaim the words of God and not my own. But I ask for wisdom for the listener. That as they listen, they would listen intentively, that they would listen carefully to, to see if these things are so as they look at the scriptures but that they too would hear, not as words coming from me, but as words coming from the Lord as they pursue to apply them in their own lives. God, if there is one who is in this room who doesn't know you, my God, I ask that you would save them. May the seed of the gospel penetrate their hearts, and we ask that you would save them, Lord, by the truths of your word, or even by the truths of the testimonies that we will hear this evening. So God, bless our time together under the preaching of your word we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. So chapter 1 of Proverbs is really the introduction of the whole book. In chapter 1, we're going to see an introduction to who the author is. In chapter 1, the author is going to tell us what the purpose of the book is. In chapter 1, the author is going to show us what the threshold of knowledge, or sorry, the threshold of wisdom is. So let's consider the first one, the author of the book. We see this in verse 1. It says, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. So these Proverbs that we're going to read here from chapter 1 to chapter 31 are written by Solomon, who was the son of King Saul. If you've been journeying with us through 1 Samuel, we were introduced to... Did I say King Saul? I meant King David. We were introduced to King David, who we met in 1 Samuel. Solomon was the heir to the throne of his father, David. Solomon had something special in his leadership. Won't you turn with me to 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 3. 1 Kings chapter 3, and we'll read from verse 3. I'm sorry, I don't have it on the board, so. 1 Kings chapter 3, and I want to read from verse 3. In 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 3, it says, Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of David his father, only he sacrificed and made offering at the, at the high places. And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for there was the great high place. Solomon used to offer a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said, you have shown great and steadfast love to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart toward you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love and have given him a son to sit on his throne this day. Verse 7. And now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in the place of David, my father, although I am but a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. Verse 9. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to govern 
this your great people. It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this, and God said to him, Because you have asked this and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or, or life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right. Behold, I now do according to your word. Behold, I will give you a wise and discerning mind so that none like you has been before you and none like you shall arise after you. You see, we see in this text that, that Solomon grew up in the ways and in the instructions of the Lord. Solomon, through his father David, knew who God was. Solomon loved the Lord. He walked according to, to the word of God. Solomon received a blank check from God. What would you ask for if God gave you a blank check? If, if God came to you tonight and said, ask for anything, what would you ask for? Would you ask him to save the academic year? <laughs> would you ask him maybe for riches? Would you, would you ask him for fame on TikTok? Lord, if I just had three million likes, I'll make money. Would you ask him for a big investment, a big house? Would you, would you ask him maybe to bring back somebody who died? What would you ask from God if he gave you a blank check today? You see, he could ask anything from God, but what he asked from God was wisdom. Wisdom to be able to do what God had called him to do. Ask him wisdom to enable him to sit on the throne that he had inherited from his father. He asked God to give him wisdom to be able to govern God's people well. Wisdom to help him to discern between what is good and what is evil. Oh, how I pray that this was the heart of our leaders. How I pray that this was the heart of our politicians. How I, I pray that this was the heart of our government today. That they would pray and ask God to give them wisdom so that they can govern God's people well. But if they had a blank check, considering the greed in their hearts, they probably would ask for more money. This showed the heart of Solomon. Solomon wanted to please God in the way that he lived. He wanted to please God in the way that he ruled as a king. And so if you pray for wisdom today, it must be for wisdom to please God in where he has placed you. Whether you're working or whether you're a missionary or whether you're studying or whether you're in high school, the prayer that Solomon asked was for wisdom to do that well. And so this should be the hard posture of those who know Christ. The hard posture of those who are saved, they should pray for wisdom, the ability to apply God's word to our daily lives, the ability to discern and see what is good and what is evil. You see, wisdom is truth applied in specific situations for godly ends. Wisdom is truth applied in specific situations for godly ends. And so we see in our passage in 1 Kings that God blessed Solomon. He blessed him with, with wisdom that Solomon was, was recorded as the wisest man. In fact, we know Solomon as a man of wisdom. In verse 12 of our passage, it says, He was so wise so that none like him has ever been before and none like him shall arise after him. From verse 16 of chapter 3, we read of Solomon applying that wisdom. In verse 28, it says, And all Israel heard of the judgment that the king had rendered, and they stood in awe of the king because they perceived that the wisdom of God was in him to do justice. 
He was applying the wisdom of God to rule the people of God well. We see, in fact, not only was the nation Israel impressed by the wisdom of Solomon, but the rest of the world. In chapter 4, verse 36, it says, And people came, and people of all nations came to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and from all the kings of the earth who had heard of his wisdom. So who is the author? Is Solomon. Solomon, who was the son of David, who was king of Israel, who was considered wise. So then we see the second point. Why was he writing? He gives us the purpose of the book. The purpose of the book is in verse 2. If you turn back to Proverbs chapter 1, and in verse 2 we, we read, To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple and knowledge knowledge and discretion to the youth. So he gives us three, three reasons why he's writing the book. Three purpose clauses why the, the, the book of Proverbs exists. The first one is to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight. The word know there is that Hebrew word yada. Solomon is not writing this book to help us grow in intellectualism. He's not writing this book to give us big heads. Solomon wants the reader of this book to have an intimate relationship with wisdom and instruction. He wants the reader of this book to be able to say to wisdom, Wisdom, you are my sister and call understanding your intimate friend. The word yada there for wisdom is that word for intimate knowledge. The purpose is also to understand the words of insight. Those who read the book of Proverbs must grow in their discernment. A commentator writing about discernment says this, the pro discernment is the process of making careful distinctions in our thinking about truth. The discerning person is the one who draws clear contrast between truth and error. It is a person who is not looking for the fence. It is a person who knows this is right and this is wrong. Discernment is black and white thinking. The conscious refusal to color, to color every issue in shades of gray. The author will later say in Proverbs chapter 17 verse 24... Wisdom is, sorry, wisdom is the presence of the one who has discerning, but the eyes of the fool are on the ends of the earth. Proverbs 28 verse 5, evil men do not understand justice, but those who seek the Lord understand all things. So the author wants that as you read this book, that you grow in a relationship with wisdom and instruction, but that you also grow in your ability to discern what is truth and what is error. The second purpose he gives us is in verse 3, to receive instruction in wise dealing in righteousness, justice, and equity. Friends, this book is crucial in the year 2023. How are we to deal with the oppressed? How are we to deal with the poor among us? 
How are we to deal with the vulnerable among us and the weak? How are we to respond to gender-based violence that, that occurs in our country? How should we deal with racism or ethnic prejudice? How should we deal with those who have experienced injustice and, and abuse? You see, these are matters that require wisdom. These are matters that require us to constantly think about truth and ask ourselves, how can we apply this truth today? The question is, we have all these issues. The question is, before we've started this series, you, you already had to make a decision. Before we started the book of Proverbs, you really had to apply a sort of wisdom to the problems of this age. And the question I have for you is which well were you drinking from? Where were you getting your wisdom? Is your wisdom the wisdom that the Apostle Paul warns us against in Colossians chapter 2? He says, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human traditions and according to the elementary spirits of the world and not according to Christ. Is the wisdom that you have been applying the wisdom of this world, maybe even controversial, how are you responding to the current war in Israel versus Palestine? Who's informing you about what you're tweeting? Who's informing you about what you're posting on your status? Are you just being moved by emotion or being moved by the news? Who is giving you the wisdom to make the decisions that you are making? This book is to help us to grow in our discernment. This book is to, to help us to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, to help us to know what is righteous, what is justice, and what is equity. Have you been drinking from the well of this, world, of this world or have you been drinking from the well that James talks about in James chapter 3? James chapter 3 verse 17, James says, But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, then gentle. It is open to reason. It is full of mercy and good fruits. It is impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Friends, the world has a lot to say about justice. In fact, if you just type justice on Google, you'll find so many hits. The world has a lot to say about equity. The world has a lot to say about wisdom. The world has created strong arguments about what justice should be and what justice should look like. Who is deserving of justice? The world is currently rewriting what is righteous and what is unrighteous. What used to be righteous 10 years, what used to be unrighteous and wicked and taboo 10 years ago, today it is celebrated and embraced and forced upon you. Where are you drinking from? The wisdom of this world or the wisdom that is from God? Because friends, the end, the purpose of the wisdom of this world is not the glory of God, but it is the glory of man to their destruction. And so which well are you drinking from? Friends, this book wants to draw the reader back to seeking wisdom from God. 
Its, its principles are to bring us back to seeing that the only way we can find wise dealings is from God. This book will help us define and distinguish what is righteous, what is justice, and what is equitous. We'll hear later from Solomon. But this book is to instruct us to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, in justice, in equity, because Solomon knew God only wise. The only way Solomon could help us to receive these things is because he received them from God. Friend, Solomon knew Jesus. He was looking to Jesus, the second person of the Godhead, the revelation of God to men. His wisdom was not a wisdom of this world or even a wisdom of his own experience. The wisdom of Solomon was a wisdom from God. Solomon lived and operated in the realm of God's wisdom. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 28 says, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. So we will end with verse 7. But friends, I already want to show us here that there is no wisdom outside of Jesus Christ. There is no equity, there is no righteousness, there is no justice outside of Jesus Christ. And once you understand that, you'll understand why the world is so fallen. The world is so fallen because they've rejected Jesus. They don't know Jesus, and so there's prejudice. They don't know Jesus, so they rob the poor to make the rich richer. Wisdom will only prevail in the presence of Jesus. And so the third thing that we see is the purpose of this book is to give prudence to the simple and knowledge and discretion to the youth. Solomon gives us as young people a shout out in this book. He says, young people, come and learn from the principles of this book. But he also rebukes us. Young people, you do not know. In 2023, we think that we know because information is right at our fingertips. We think that we know because we can listen to a podcast here, we can read a tweet here, we can Google here, we can TV there, we can radio here, we can gossip there. There's like information at our fingertips, and so we think that we know. In fact, we are the generation that is convinced that we can tell anybody what is right and what is wrong. But friends, we don't know. The author wants to give young people who read this book knowledge and discretion. He wants you to be vigilant. He wants you to know what is not wise. He, does it, he wants to lead you to what is righteous and lead you away from what is unrighteous. Young people, as you read this book, God wants you to grow in character he, he doesn't want you to be fooled by the world anymore. He wants to help you to outfox your temptations. But this all starts with humbling yourself. Lord, I don't know, teach me. Lord, I don't know, make me wise. Help me to grow in wisdom. Consider verse 5. It says, let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. This is not just true for the, old for the young people, but it's also true for the old. The, the, you must never reach a point where you think you cannot grow. The greatest danger to your growth is pride. 
Friends, pride has never produced the glory or the wisdom or the righteousness of God. Your pride has never produced the wisdom or the righteousness of God. In chapter 14, verse 15, the author will say, The simple believes every word, but the prudent considers well his steps. And so the simple are those who are gullible. The simple are those who are easily susceptible to good and bad influence. The the simple are those who are weak-willed and irresponsible. But here's the key. The simple are those who are still correctable. In many ways, this describes who we are. We are those who are gullible. We are those who are easily susceptible to what is good and what is bad influence. And so the author desires to give us those who are simple. He wants to give us prudence. Prudence is a good word. It's a word we don't use often today. But William Webster defines it like this. Prudence is the ability to govern and discipline oneself by the use of reason, skill, and good judgment in the use of resources Caution or circumspection as to danger or risk. Prudence is wisdom applied to practice. Prudence is not a word we use often, but it's a word we need to reintroduce to our vocabulary as we read the book of Proverbs. So friends, simply put, Solomon wants us to understand a proverb and a saying the words of the wise and their riddles. I love, I love how Ortland put it, and then I'll close after this. Ortland says, picture it this way. As we come to the book of Proverbs, we are, we are approaching a community of wisdom, a group of people standing around talking together, men and women who are Yoda smart, we beginners siddle up to the circle of amazing people. We see there in the circle of the wise, there's Solomon and Isaiah and Paul and Augustine and Luther and other remarkable people we have known personally and admired. We start listening to the conversation going on in that circle. We overhear words and concepts that we do not understand at first, so we stick with it to catch on. But as we do, we begin to leave behind our shallow entertainment mindset with its effortless pet answers that in fact have always failed us. As we listen to the wise, we grow. We, we even we, become profound people too. The final reason for this, of course, is not us, not even them. God is there. The wise are letting God be God to them. And so to close, I want to close with verse 7, the threshold of wisdom. Verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. That word fear there is not that word for terror. It's not that word for, for fear as in I'm scared. But in fact, that word fear can be translated to that word of reverence. But we could also understand the fear of the Lord to be the love of the Lord. It could, it could even be said to be the trust of the Lord or even the devotion of the Lord. 
Friends, it is this reverence of the Lord that is the beginning of knowledge. Without this love of the Lord, this trust of the Lord, this awe of the Lord, this reverence of the Lord, there can be no wisdom. See, we often get it wrong. We fall into the trap of intellectualism. We fall into the trap of thinking it is age, it is experience, it is my accomplishments that are the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. Friends, the pathway to biblical wisdom, the pathway to biblical knowledge starts and ends with the Lord. Who is He? He is the great I Am. He is the uncaused causer. He is the author of the heavens and the earth. He is the supreme being full of majesty and splendor. He is the immortal, invisible God, only wise. He dwells in light, inaccessible, hid from our eyes. He is the most blessed, most glorious, the ancient of days. Almighty, victorious, his great name we praise. He is both Lord and Savior. He is the lion and the lamb. He is the word he is the god of wisdom friends when we come to the book of proverbs when we think of wisdom we need to know that nothing will foster this godly fear like a recognition of the sovereign majesty of god and so friends the book of proverbs is calling us to fear jesus The book of Proverbs is calling us to the fear of the Lord Jesus Christ to know wisdom. And those who don't fear Jesus are those who are considered the fool. They are those who are despisers of wisdom and instruction. And so I remembered during Holiday Club there was a child who who illustrated this well. Uh, He clearly loved his father Uh, The whole week he was speaking about, my daddy has this, my daddy does that, my daddy this, my daddy that. But he didn't think of his father as a boogeyman, as as if it's someone that he should be scared of, as if he should run away from him. But even in the absence of his father, he obeyed him. He refused to play water games because at home he was told that he should not play with water. I just heard this little boy said, my daddy said that I should not play with water. This is the fear that we are talking about. It is, he had a fear of his father. This little boy did not want to dishonor his father, but he also had the understanding that if he disobeyed or dishonored his father, there were terrible consequences that are waiting for him. And so though as believers we have no reason to be terrified of God, for there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are, Christ, who are in Christ Jesus. But I do believe there must be an element of terror we must, ha- we must harbor. We, we want to have at the back of our minds that we never want to fall into the hands of an angry God. We want to remember that I don't want to sin to disobey my Father. I don't want to be disciplined by my God. So do you have a fear for God? Do you need today to pray that the awe of God be restored in your heart? Do you need tonight to ask God to renew a faith in you, a faith in you in Jesus Christ, for it's only faith in Jesus Christ that can produce the kind of wisdom that Solomon is going to talk about. For if there's no faith in Jesus, then everything you read in this book you will not be able to accomplish. 
Do you believe in Jesus? We need to believe in Jesus even when it comes to the big decisions. We need to believe in Jesus even when it comes to the small decisions. We need to believe in Jesus when we face all the matters of our lives. For true wisdom only comes from God, and that wisdom is personified in the person of Jesus Christ. Do you believe in Jesus? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, you know us intimately. You know us by name. You even know the number of hairs on our head. God, you have placed the stars in the sky. God, you have even opened doors that no one can shut. And so God, we have so many reasons to trust you. When it comes to making big decisions, God, we have reason to trust you when it comes to any season of our lives. Lord, we know that we are not alone. We know that we can trust you, that you are generous to give wisdom. God, you said he who desires wisdom must ask it of you, and you give of it generously. And so God, as we start this journey in the book of Proverbs, God, we ask we ask that the fear of the Lord may be found in our hearts. We ask that we would be known as a people who are a people of your own position. Lord, not just by status, but God, also by conduct. God, I pray that we would grow, Lord, in practicing the righteousness of God. That when the world sees us, they would see that we are those who are children of the Most High God. So I do ask if there's one in this room again who doesn't know you, O Lord, won't you soften their hearts to see that there's no wisdom in this world that can bring peace. There's no wisdom in this world that can answer the questions, the pressing questions of this life. True wisdom only comes from God. And true wisdom can only be found in faith in Jesus Christ. And so I ask that you'd help them tonight by your spirit to put their faith in you. Thank you for those who will testify of that just now. In Jesus' name I ask. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon. Find out more about Central Baptist Church at www.central.org.za.